Piper Electric has been a part of the Denver community for over 35 years. Their reputation of being fairly priced, trustworthy, and dependable has allowed them to become one of the best Denver electrical contractor companies in the market. We believe Piper is the best because of their professionalism, because of their capability, because of their integrity, and because of the relationship we have built over the last year and a half with several of their key managers. That was Jim. He's been a customer of Piper Electric for over a year now and loves it so much that he recommends his own clients to them. Sometimes customers will ask us if we know of somebody who can be their regular electrician where they could call for anything from a small job to something much larger, maybe a remodel. And so we certainly have preferred people to Piper and Piper to them. From residential, commercial, and industrial, Piper Electric can handle all of your electrical needs. They've done actually everything from repairing a small wiring situation with a circuit breaker panel to adding additional circuits, adding parking lighting. So really, they have become a one-stop shop for all of our needs. If you call today and use the promo code BSN, you will get $25 off your next service call. That's 303-646-6765 or go to piperelectric.com. Welcome in to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by In We Go. Joined by a special guest, Mason Plumlee. I thought he was going to knock that ref out in LA. <laughs> Coaches will get testy with officials, but to run out onto the court and yeah. cut him off, yeah. I've never seen that before. You should have taken a charge on him. That <laughs> A special guest, Darrell Arthur. When did you first realize Nicole Jokic was good? He was in Philadelphia for Jameer's kind of like team bonding thing, and I knew it right away that he was going to be good. He was making great passes and good reads and stuff like that, and I said, this kid's going to be good. He's turned out to be a star. He has a great upside to him, and I know he'll be a Hall of Famer once he's done playing. And now, here's your hosts, Harrison Wind and Christian Clark. Welcome to the BSN Nuggets podcast. We are presented by The Green Solution. Visit any one of their 17 Colorado locations or browse their entire inventory online at mygreensolution.com. Reserve products online and pick up at your local TGS Express checkout. You'll be in and out in minutes. Use code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. What's going on, guys? Harrison Wynn and Christian Clark here on a Thursday. It's time for the playoffs. We finally made it through a long and grueling 82-game regular season. Uh, We're finally here. We do have a game to discuss first. The Nuggets barely squeaked one out last night against the Timberwolves. 99-95. They come out of there with a very important win. Denver clinches the two seed. They will open up against the Spurs, the San Antonio Spurs, Saturday uh, here at home for game one. Game two is on Tuesday. Then they'll travel to San Antonio for Thursday a game three of that series. We'll begin to preview that series on today's show and a lot more preview content coming up on bsndenver.com. We've got an awesome deal right now for BSN Denver subscriptions. You guys can get an annual subscription to bsndenver.com, which runs at $34.99 a year, comes out to $2.91 a month, around three bucks a month. And if you sign up now, you're also going to get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker when you use the promo code playoff. So an awesome deal running right now for BSN Denver subscriptions. Use the promo code playoffs. You can get a one-year sub for $34.99 and also get a free t-shirt from the BSN Denver locker. 
Really cool Nugget shirts on there right now. My personal favorite, uh, the Rainbow Skyline Die Hard shirt. Bronco shirts, Avalanche shirts, really a ton of stuff to choose from on there. Get on this offer now. Uh, we're running it with the playoffs here for the Nuggets and the Avalanche. So uh, a great time to get in for a BS Endeavor subscription if you haven't already. First though, Christian, this came last night. I don't even know where to start. I said on, uh, what was it, Tuesday show? That might have been the wildest night of basketball, of drama in the NBA with Magic Johnson. This night didn't have the quantity of just events going on, but between this Nuggets game and how that Blazers game ended soon after, I mean, this entire night looking back on it, it was a blur, and, and I cannot believe Denver somehow eked out this win. I was resigned to the fact that the Nuggets were getting the three seed. I mean, I was teeing up the the tweet that I was going to send out right after the game with the playoff scenarios, and they were going to get the three seed with under the most depressing possible circumstances, under an avalanche of Cameron Reynolds threes. <laughs> uh, I'll admit I had to do some digging on who Cameron Reynolds was, what his story was, while the, the game nug- was going on. I think on. the Nuggets did as well. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if you ask the players how many of them, how, how many of you knew where Cameron Reynolds went to college before the game, how many of them would have been able to answer that? Uh, I think one might have Monte Morris, just because he knows everybody in the league. I think that's a pretty good bet, by the way. Yeah, the answer is Tulane. Uh, I mean, this was a Timberwolves team without Carl Anthony Towns, without Taj Gibson, without Jeff Teague. This would have been a disastrous loss. This would have been an embarrassing loss. It was really an embarrassing four quarters until... Denver pulled their heads out of their you-know-what and actually locked in on defense at the four-minute mark of the quarter and, what, went on a 15-0 run to end this game, didn't let the Timberwolves score over the final four minutes of regulation. This was a stinker from Denver. I mean, they should have come out in this game with the desire in their mind, with an aggressive mindset to just go out and get that number two seed. Lock in home court advantage through the conference finals and just really make a statement. Get off on a good foot heading into the postseason. That opportunity was right there for the taking. The Timberwolves could not have cared less about this game. Well, I mean, Cam Reynolds and the guys playing for contracts next year obviously did. But the Timberwolves, you know, they had no desire to win this game. They are obviously thinking about the lottery. They're not thinking about the playoffs. Every opportunity was there for Denver to make a statement, head into the playoffs on the right foot, and kind of push this momentum in their direction ahead of the postseason. They didn't do that. And really, for most of this game, they looked like they had no desire to even do that. Uh, It looked like they didn't even want to be out there. Here's one number that can give you some insight to the the state of this Timberwolves roster and just what the the load management rest tank Timberwolves look like. Gorgie Dang shot the ball 20 times. (laughs) 20 times. I mean, he had a, a, a decent game, too. He had 18 points. There was just a whole lot of Gorgie in this game, and it... When there's that much gorgie, if you're a team like the Nuggets, uh, you should really coast to a win. You should. And he goes 8 of 20 from the field, pulls down 11 rebounds, 18 points. I mean, he outplayed Paul Millsap probably in this one. It was just such a frustrating game for Denver. They never looked into this game. They were lollygagging throughout. Uh, They hit some shots from time to time, but every time it seemed like they were getting in some sort of a rhythm, uh, they let up a wide-open Cam Reynolds layup or or whatnot on the other end of the floor. I mean, has this 
stretch here been troubling, you think, heading into the postseason? Because we've spoken about this on the podcast before. There is data out there that suggests momentum heading into the playoffs is a myth. That teams throughout history of the league have shown that they can flip the switch and how you play leading up to the playoffs really has no bearing on how you play once the postseason starts. But is this concerning at all how the Nuggets have played here over the last week or so? I mean, honestly, I don't think so. I think the Nuggets came into the season, they were so singularly focused on getting a playoff berth. And once they were able to clinch that playoff berth against the Boston Celtics a week ago, I think they really did just let their foot off the, the gas pedal. I think it was just hard to, to stay focused mentally and, and give the type of effort that they were really given through the first three-fourths of this season or whatever it was. So I think the biggest reason why you know they've kind of played not up to their standards in recent weeks is just they already had a playoff berth locked up, and I, I think it was just natural for them to let up a little bit mentally. Yeah, I would agree with that, but I'm actually a little concerned. I don't get a good vibe around this team right now, and I do agree, and that's been my take for these guys for the last couple of weeks that, look, they clinched a playoff spot a month ago. There's a little complacency. The playoffs have been this thing that they've been shooting for for the last two years, the same group of guys. The fact that they clinched that spot so long ago, they just want to see what the postseason is all about. They just want to get there. But the vibe that some of these guys are putting off right now, Jokic seems a little off. Will Barton seems very off uh, just from what he had to say after this game and how his past couple outings have gone. I think it's complacency more than a really startling trend, but I don't think I want to dismiss this as, oh, they're going to be able to flip the switch once the postseason starts. I'm very curious to see how they respond in game one. There were some weird Jokic performances down the stretch, the most so being his game against Utah where he fouled out in 16 minutes. I don't know. I, I kind of trust Jokic. He's going to be fine come playoff time. Really, the, the guy I'm most worried about is Will Barton, to be honest. This guy really struggled down the stretch. He didn't look like himself. He lacked that explosion. His, his three ball is not falling right now. I mean, Jamal Murray had a, a great close of the season. He was excellent those nine games after the Indiana one, which he kind of stunk it up. Gary Harris is starting to look like Gary Harris. Mm-hmm. Paul Millsap, I mean, you kind of know what you're going to get. And Jokic, I don't know. I mean, he's just got the talent. Yeah, Barton is probably the one guy that I'm, I'm most worried about, to be honest, because he's going to be matched up with DeMar DeRozan, too. Yeah, we'll talk about some concerns and some predictions for this Spurs series in a moment here. That's the good news. You just hit on that. Gary Harris has had three straight really encouraging performances, I think. I don't think the Nuggets should be worried about him at all heading into the postseason. Barton's the one guy you're a little concerned about. Just I don't know what it is about his game. i do not sure if he doesn't trust the injury. Uh, that could be it. Seems like he's lacking a little explosion around the rim. He'll get into the lane and he'll make some uncharacteristic moves that he wouldn't have made last year. You know, he'll jump stop, like pivot a couple times and try to like draw a foul and, you know, go up awkwardly with his left or right hand. You know, not moves that you would see Will Barton do pre-injury. He would usually just, you know, take it strong to the hoop in one sweeping motion. He just still doesn't look like himself. Yeah, and we know that in postseason play when defenses are just that much more focused and the intensity ratchets up that it becomes a little more important for 
guys to be able to just beat their guy one-on-one. Mm-hmm. I mean, your, your sets and your plays might not be effective. And, and Barton, when he's right, is one guy in this roster who's capable of that, just breaking his guy down one-on-one and, and finishing for himself and making plays for others. So, yeah, that that is a pretty big concern for me. And maybe the vibe I'm getting is a direct result of this game. Like, nobody felt good about this one. This was a tough game to take anything positive from, although Gary Harris did look good. Nicola put up a bunch of stats. I mean, 29 and 14 on 13 to 26 shooting. Just another standard night of work for him. But maybe I'm reading too much into the vibe in the locker room after what was just an ugly win that, nobody was happy about I'm sure Michael Malone was not happy about it either so I'm not sure anything else on this game I kind of want to move on here I'm totally with that you you don't want to you don't want to dive into Cam Reynolds's night anymore or uh, what do you think Cam Reynolds who I thought who whose name I thought was JT Terrell for this entire game actually (laughs) uh no I don't want to discuss Cam Reynolds ceiling or out or long-term outlook yeah let's keep it moving with that We will turn our attention to the Nuggets' first-round playoff opponent, the San Antonio Spurs, beginning this Saturday, Game 1 at Pepsi Center. First, though, we got to hit a break. We'll be right back on the BSN Nuggets podcast. If you're living in Colorado and you are craving some good old Southern barbecue, be sure to give Moe's Original Barbecue a try. My favorite thing about Moe's Original Barbecue is we are a Southern soul food revival. We make everything from scratch daily, house-made smoked meats, and customer service to the next level. That was Robbie Peoples, one of the managers over at Moe's Original Barbecue. And like he mentioned, they have incredible food, awesome customer service, and I think my favorite part is how cool the environment is in both of their locations. We have live music at Moe's at our south location, 3295 South Broadway, which is a full PA system, ticket sales. Uh, We have national bands. We have local bands. If you're a local band interested in playing, feel free to contact us at moesdenver.com. We would love to have you come down and play for a big old party at Moe's Original Barbecue. Not only do they have live music, but they also have a bowling alley and a dozen TVs with all of your favorite games on. They have two locations, one in downtown Denver off Broadway and 6th, and of course the other one that Robbie mentioned in Inglewood. I would recommend Moe's to someone because we cater to all needs, a family-friendly atmosphere. We have Colorado beers on tap, all the games on the TVs. It will blow your mind with amazing barbecue. Welcome back to the BSN Nuggets podcast presented by The Green Solution. Visit mygreensolution.com. Type in promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. I know you guys have been calling into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. We will get to those questions on tomorrow's show, posting Friday morning. If you do have more questions that you want to get in, 1-800-BSN-8394. 1-800-BSN-8394. Thanks, guys, for calling in all year. Really appreciate it. Love hearing what you guys got to say. Let's talk playoffs. Nuggets and Spurs game one on Saturday. Do you think the Spurs are a more favorable matchup for the Nuggets than the Thunder would have been? What was going through your head as you were almost typing out that tweet that you were ready to fire off about a first-round series against the Thunder? Yeah, I do think it's a more favorable matchup. I know the Nuggets swept the regular season series against the Thunder. I know that they've kind of had their number lately, but look, a lot of the playoffs is just what kind of top-flight talent do you have? And the Oklahoma City Thunder, there's no question that the top-flight talent that they have in Paul George and Russell Westbrook is 
a lot better than what the Spurs can put out there in LaMarcus Aldridge and DeMar DeRozan. So I think the Thunder were, were definitely a more scary opponent. And that's the first thing that sticks out to me about facing the Spurs. The Nuggets are just such a more talented team top to bottom than San Antonio. I think we spoke about this on a podcast last week, but who is San Antonio's third best player? Is it Rudy Gay? Is it Derek White? Is it Patty Mills? I'm not sure. It might be Patty Mills. I mean, who's a 20 minute per game reserve guard off the bench. The Nuggets are just so much more talented top to bottom. And I know talent doesn't always win out in the playoffs, but that's the first thing, in my opinion, that should make you feel pretty good about this series. Yes, the Nuggets are young. Yes, the Nuggets are inexperienced. They are just so much, so much more talented than this San Antonio Spurs team. I mean, that's my first impression when when I think about this Nuggets and Spurs series. Yeah, and and you know that's the biggest reason why part of me wants you to say, oh this is going to be kind of easy for the Nuggets. Maybe they could get this thing done in five. But the thing that gives you pause is obviously the inexperience of the Nuggets and the coaching matchup as well. I mean, Michael Malone has done a phenomenal job this year. He's my coach of the year. But Greg Popovich, that's a guy with five rings. And as Michael Malone said last night, Popovich has five rings and I've got a wedding ring. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll, we'll make our predictions, official series predictions, uh, for this first round matchup at the end of this show. But I like what you said there because there are so many storylines, right? Michael Malone versus Greg Popovich. Greg Popovich was the guy who Michael Malone credits with really getting his coaching career off the ground. These two guys met and bonded in Argentina at a Basketball Without Borders camp in 2005 over, uh, you guessed it, wine. Greg Popovich, a, a lover of wine. Mike Malone, not a big wine guy, but you know, from what he says that week, he, he certainly was. Greg Popovich got Mike Malone an assistant coaching job in Cleveland on Mike Brown's staff, who used to be an assistant for Greg Popovich in San Antonio. Uh, from there, Michael Malone coached LeBron for five seasons in Cleveland. He went to New Orleans, then Golden State, Sacramento, and then Denver. You know, those two have been buddy-buddy a lot throughout the last two seasons. Greg Popovich jumping into Michael Malone's pressers every now and then. I don't think they'll be as buddy-buddy in the playoffs, but you've got that dynamic kind of student versus teacher, the new kid on the block in the Nuggets versus the grizzled veteran in the Spurs who have been there so many times before. And Popovich, obviously, one of the best coaches of all time, maybe the greatest head coach in NBA history, a first ballot Hall of Famer. You've got Nikola Jokic in his first playoff appearance against just a franchise stalwart, just a stalwart like the Spurs, who have just been this mainstay in the playoffs so long. The storylines, I just feel like, are never-ending. Yeah, and I'm really curious with Malone, Say the Nuggets drop one of those games at home, and I don't know, this is just a hypothetical, but let's say like Will Barton starts. You know, those are such tough decisions for, for head coaches because, I mean, on one hand, you want to stick with the guy who helped get you here, and, you know, Will Barton is a founding father, really, of this current iteration of the Nuggets, but also you got to be quick to adapt in the playoffs. I mean, maybe you plug a guy like Malik Beasley, and, and again, I'm just saying that's a hypothetical, but. Those decisions to change what you've been doing for months and years in 
you know, over the course of a single series, those are such tough ones to make. And I'm so curious how Michael Malone is going to react. Right. It's always so curious, a coach's first playoff series, right? And this is Michael Malone's first playoff series as a head coach, as the guy calling the shots. He's been there countless times as an assistant. This is his first time, though, in the head coaching chair. And I agree. I'm very curious to see how quickly he makes adjustments, how quickly he'd be willing to pull somebody out of the starting lineup per se, that example you just gave right there, if, hey, they drop that game one at home and they see that game three and four looming in San Antonio, a place where it's been really hard to win for them over the past couple of years, how quickly is he to make big decisions, big adjustments like that? I think that's going to be fascinating. What's the key matchup for you in this series? What's the one matchup above all that you think will determine the outcome of this first round matchup? Well, I just hit on Will Barton um, kind of versus DeMar DeRozan, and I think that is a critical one for Denver. Barton has not played well lately. They really need him to get going. But, I mean, I don't want to overthink this. It's it's Nicole Jokic versus whatever the heck the Spurs throw at him. Uh, Nicole Jokic mostly had his way with San Antonio this year, put up just monster numbers in, in their final three meetings of the season. But if you go back to that December 26th game, Jokic had four points, one of five shooting, five turnovers. That was the game the Spurs double-teamed and triple-teamed him, and it was kind of a weird game because the Nuggets didn't have Gary Harris, Will Barton, or Paul Millsap, so that was probably played into San Antonio's strategy. But, yeah, I think the Nuggets are going to go pretty much as far as Nicole Jokic takes them. I agree with you. That's what's going to determine this series for me. If Nicole Jokic has a series uh, like he had in the three games outside of that one game that you mentioned where the Spurs double and triple teamed him, I think Denver will roll in this series. In those last three matchups, the Nuggets and Spurs last three games, Jokic averaged 21 points on 76% shooting from the field. You know, monster, monster numbers. The Spurs, they can't guard him one-on-one. LaMarcus Aldridge cannot guard Nicole Jokic. Jakob Pertl, I know you thought he was the third best player on the Spurs. <laughs> he cannot guard Nikola Jokic one-on-one. San Antonio has no matchup for him. If the Spurs try to guard him with single coverage, Jokic should eat all series. I, I think that's the biggest matchup. I think that's what's going to determine which way this series swings. And like I said, if Jokic has his way, I think this could be a quick one. Yeah, and I, I'm so curious to see what Jokic, how Jokic is just going to approach this series mentally if he's able to keep his composure the entire time. I mean, Jokic has been phenomenal this year, but there still have been instances where things are going the Nuggets way and he loses his cool or he's clearly just frustrated. And, you know, a best player's mood is just so important because everyone kind of takes on those tendencies. It's mm-hmm. going to be really important for the Nuggets. You know, if, if the Spurs rip off a huge run in the third or fourth quarter or something like that and – you know, Jokic has just got to keep his cool and not blow his top like we've seen a handful of times. The other matchup you mentioned there, the DeMar DeRozan versus Nuggets small forward, whether that's Will Barton, who I'm sure will start on DeMar DeRozan in most of these games, or Torrey Craig coming in off the bench, Gary Harris, Malik Beasley, those guys could see time on DeMar DeRozan as well. That's another key matchup as well. DeRozan has hurt Denver in most of these games, and there's one outlier game with DeRozan, too, uh, kind of like there is with Jokic. The last meeting between the Spurs and the Nuggets, DeRozan only played 24 minutes. That was the game the Nuggets won 113-85 just a couple weeks ago. Popovich got thrown out after 63 seconds. You have a conspiracy theory that 
he was playing coy and didn't want to reveal any of his schemes ahead of a potential first round series, which obviously came to fruition. But DeRozan, you know, didn't do much in that game. 11 points on 4-7 shooting. In his other three games, though, he really hurt Denver. Going back to March 4th, he had 24 points on an efficient 11 of 19 shooting, 6 rebounds, 7 assists on December 28th, 15 points, 5 rebounds, 5 assists on 6 of 12 shooting, and then December 26th, 30 points, 9 of 17 from the field, 7 rebounds, 5 assists. So DeRozan can hurt Denver, and the thing about DeRozan is he's played in plenty of playoff games before too. I've got to say, after going back and watching that that sequence where Greg Popovich got tossed 63 seconds to the game mm-hmm. this morning, it only added a little more fuel to my conspiracy theory fire that this was a long-term play from him. And he just didn't want to show any cards at all because he knew a first-round matchup against the Nuggets was likely. I mean, Paul Millsap, I thought it was fine defense on LaMarcus Aldridge in the post. Like I didn't, oh, yeah. I didn't see anything egregious at all. It was barely an arguable foul call. And, like, you guys got to understand something. Referees do not want to throw you out 63 seconds into a game. You know, that's just more work for them. It's more paperwork to file. It's more questions from the league. Why was he thrown out after 63 seconds? Officials don't want to throw a coach out or a player out that early into the game. You really got to work for that ejection, and I think Popovich did. Yeah, it was either him playing the long game or, like I said, he wanted to just go back in the locker room and have a glass of wine because he knew San Antonio probably wasn't going to win that game anyway. It was the second night of a back-to-back in Denver. That's about the hardest thing you can do in the NBA is go win in Denver on the second night of a back-to-back. What's your biggest concern in this series? If you had to pick one, we just went over what we think the key matchups will be. I think if Jokic has a great series, Denver will win this first-round matchup. If he struggles, I think it will be really tough for Denver. The matchup on DeRozan is something as well. What's your biggest concern? I think what what I just hit on, Jokic keeping us cool and and staying composed. There's going to be a little more media than he's used to dealing with. Not a guy who particularly enjoys doing media. I mean, it's just going to be a spotlight like he's he's never experienced before. My biggest concern is will Denver be able to get a win in San Antonio? The Nuggets have been good on the road this year, much better than last year. No, they're still not one of the premier playoff teams on the road. I mean, they're 20 and 21 away from home this season. That's the second worst road mark among Western Conference playoff teams. So, you know, they're not one of the premier teams uh, away from home this season. And the Spurs are a very good home team, 32-9. and Uh, It's one of the best marks in the league. Of course, Nuggets are the best home team in the league. The Spurs are not far behind. And I'm fascinated to see how this young Nuggets team, who, A, they've never won in San Antonio, this group of Nuggets, and Denver hasn't won in San Antonio in 13 straight tries. That's a streak that goes back many, many years before many of these guys were even in college. I'm so curious to see how they react to what's going to be a raucous environment in San Antonio. Those fans, they are nasty. They are loud. They're mean. They know what playoff basketball is all about. That is my biggest concern. How do the Nuggets react in a road atmosphere that's going to be bananas? Important question for you. Over under 0.5 bats in this series. (laughs) I'll go over. I'll go one appearance from a bat. Let's go. Bats. And I will also place a wager on Juancho Hernan Gomez coming out with a net 
to strike the bat down. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's a choice. It's a nice parlay. Yeah. I, I feel like we need at least one bat in the series. I mean, there are already so many great subplots and plot lines. We need a bat, though. Please. My other concern, I'm a little worried about the offense. Not going to lie. Nuggets are a bottom 10 offense since the All-Star break. They have not looked great on that end of the floor. They've had some decent nights shooting the ball from three. Uh, they shot the ball from three relatively well uh, the other night, or I mean last night against the Spurs, 12 of 33, 36.5%. I'm a little worried if I'm Denver about my three-point shooting and especially if my three-point shooting will travel uh, to San Antonio. We know, obviously, the Nuggets are a better offensive team at home than on the road. They're a better shooting team at home than on the road. Most young guys tend to play better at home uh, than on the road. That's another slight concern for me. The offense in general, and I guess more specifically, three-point shooting on the road. Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets were quietly a very mediocre three-point shooting team this year. They're, they're middle of the pack in overall three-point shooting percentage, 35%. Um, they were 15th in open threes, which is defender closest defender four to six feet, and they were 18th in wide open threes. I mean, given that information, I mean, I think there's a chance the Spurs just just do the thing where they send doubles at Jokic a lot mm-hmm. and just say, hey, we're just going to see if some of these other guys can, can beat us because you guys did not shoot the three that well this year. Um, I mean, Gary Harrison, Will Barton were below what they've been at the, the past two years, so I could definitely see the Spurs going that route. And specifics on those numbers I just mentioned, the Nuggets are 22nd in offense since the All-Star break. They're 23rd overall in three-point percentage. So Denver's got to shoot better from three in this first-round matchup to win it, I think. I think they will. I think their offense can come around. But, yeah, I think it is still a little bit of a concern in the back of everybody's mind because they just have not been the same offensive team since the All-Star break. To be quite honest, the numbers don't lie there. Let's make predictions. Our official predictions for this first-round playoff series. Before we do, though, quick word from Total Beverage. Right now, they've got an awesome deal for BSN listeners. You guys already know that Total Beverage has the most liquor in Colorado at the best prices in Colorado. Now they're delivering to anywhere in the North Metro area, all the way from Wheat Ridge to Erie. And for a limited time, Total Beverage is offering $10 off a $50 purchase or more on their website and app. How you get that? You go to the Total Beverage app, download it from the App Store, download it on the Google Play Store, whatever device you are using, or go to the Total Beverage website and type in promo code BSN10. You will save $10 off a $50 order. And better yet, you can have it delivered right to your door. So check out Total Beverage for all your beer, wine, liquor, spirits needs for the upcoming playoffs. All right, prediction time. How many games do you see this series going? And who is your winner? I know it doesn't make a whole lot of sense to pick the Nuggets closing this one out in the road. They've lost their last 13 games in San Antonio. I'm picking them to close this one out in the road anyway. Nuggets in six. Nuggets in six. I like it. I'm picking Nuggets in seven. And I was debating between picking either Nuggets in five or Nuggets in seven because I can't see Denver closing this thing out on the road. I think that would be incredibly tough. If they did it, it would be an incredible accomplishment. I think that'd give the Nuggets a ton of confidence heading into round two. But 
I could honestly see this series going seven games and just the home team winning every matchup. I mean, Denver is so good at home. San Antonio is so good at home. I don't know how the Nuggets, the young Nuggets without a ton of experience, will fare uh, away from Pepsi Center. But I will tell you this. There is some belief uh, from people around the team that this team isn't going to feel that pressure. They're too young and dumb to feel that pressure, you know, just from talking to a few people who would have a good pulse on this team. There's a little belief that they won't feel that playoff pressure that everybody's talking about. Uh, But anyways, I could see the series going seven. I'm picking it to go seven. And I could see a scenario developing where every team just wins their home games. And that's how this plays out. I could also see a scenario where Denver wins the first two, San Antonio wins game three, Denver wins game four and game five to win in five games. I was thinking about picking that outcome, but I'm going to go with Nuggets in seven. Yeah, I mean, the Nuggets just have so much more talent. And if it wasn't for their inexperience, I think I probably would pick them in five and and pick them to get them this done relatively easy. But yeah, just just the inexperience and not knowing what they're going to look like when they're dealing with pressure they've never had to face before. And, you know, the question of does Nikola Jokic have another gear that he can access come playoff time? I I'm, I'm think that he does. I'm optimistic that he does, but I don't know for sure. I would have picked them in five if they closed the regular season with a little more vigor. But I don't know if the weird vibes I'm getting, they're probably just because of the complacency after clinching a playoff berth and just the malaise of the regular season. But if those things weren't there, I'd be picking them in five. There's golden opportunity here to rip off a Western Conference Finals run. Um, getting by San Antonio is, is no given. That's going to be a tough one. I think that's a, just a great first boss for this Nuggets team. Mm-hmm. But if you can do that, you got the winner of OKC in Portland. And Denver can beat both of those teams. So there's a golden opportunity here. Uh, Nuggets got a little bit lucky with how everything shook out. The plan worked. A little bit lucky? This was their master plan all along. Luck? (laughs) What are you talking about? Yeah, I I think uh, when Michael Malone, well, I guess he didn't, I don't know. There's a little controversy whether this is the plan or just rest. I'm going to put that controversy to bed. (laughs) The Nuggets were fine with losing that game in Portland. This was what they wanted all along. Don't listen to what anybody's saying. This is how the Nuggets wanted things to work out all along. And it wasn't how they drew it up, but it worked out in the end. And now they should be the favorite to make the Western Conference Finals. I think this series against the Spurs is a great first round series for Denver. I think it's going to tell us a lot about who this Nuggets team is. And you're right. They should beat the Blazers or Rockets, whoever wins that series. Yeah, shout out to Anthony Simon's 37-piece for helping the Nuggets get to this point. Here's a little peek behind the curtain. We were watching this incredible Nuggets comeback, and, I mean, this thing was unreal. Like, if you were in the arena last night, you know what I mean. There was a weird energy in that building in the second half when they were groans. I was wondering for a second if the Nuggets were going to get booed off the floor in Game 82 on Fan Appreciation Night. (laughs) The final night of the regular season. I thought that was a scenario that was on the table. There was an incredibly weird energy in the building last night. An energy that I felt before. Not this year as much, but in years past. And something just clicked. 
you know, a couple guys said a couple things in the huddle. It was just go time. Denver ramped up the fourth quarter defense, which we've talked about all season. It's been incredible. Just go look at the stats on NBA.com. I tweeted it out last night. Nuggets are by far the best fourth quarter defense in the league, and it's not even close. Denver's allowing 101.9 points per 100 possessions in fourth quarters this season. It's the best fourth quarter defense in the league. The Pacers are second at 105 points per 100 possessions. It's not even close. Denver has the best fourth quarter defense in the league, and they hold the Timberwolves to 16 points last night. Zero points over the final four minutes of regulation. But we're watching this unfold on press row. We've also got the Blazers game up on League Pats, and we're just watching Anthony Simons, who has scored 37 points all season, put home 37 to let the Nuggets' master plan come true against probably Portland's wishes, because I don't think they wanted to win that game. I mean, they played only six guys. I got to go back and watch those Dawkins highlights. I, I mean, Anthony, Anthony Simons looks like he's 14 years old. Like, right. I, I just need to see how that happened. Yeah, I have no words. I really don't have any words. That was a Nuggets master plan all along. It was. And hey, it worked out. Nuggets open as five-point favorites for game one. I will take the Nuggets and the points. Same here. I think the Nuggets are going to win by double digits game one. All right. You heard it here first. Thanks for listening, guys. Again, thanks for calling into the Total Beverage Fan Hotline. I'll get to those questions Friday morning. We're recording a mailbag show uh, early Friday morning. We'll have that up on the website, on the iTunes store, on the Google Play store, on Spotify, where you can find our podcasts as well. If you've got a second, drop us a quick five-star review on iTunes. We certainly appreciate it. It takes just a second or two, and it really helps out the show. We'll be back with another episode on Friday. Talk to you then. Green Mountain Dental Group is a family-owned business that has been a staple in Lakewood for over 40 years. Whether it's cosmetic, oral surgery, or preventative dentistry, at Green Mountain Dental Group, you will find nothing but the best. We have chosen Green Mountain Dental and will continue to attend Green Mountain Dental because of the superior care that we receive from them. Their facility is amazing and above all, it's the personal touch that we receive from the people there, including Dr. Ben Jr. and Anne and Mary and Sherry and Marie. They've known me was my husband, my children, and now my grandchildren and are just incredible with all of us. That was Annette. She's been a patient at Green Mountain Dental Group since 1976 and truly loves their service. Never did I think in 1976 how blessed we would be to recognize the people at Green Mountain Dental and are so thankful that they have been a part of our lives. For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.